0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and it's a great pleasure to welcome so many of you here tonight to this Christians in Parliament event. Uh, my name is Fiona Bruce, I'm the Member of Parliament for Congleton and um, Member of Christians in Parliament, and it's a great pleasure to invite uh, some very distinguished guests to speak to us tonight. Um, the inspiration for this evening's event is one of our speakers, Sean Vahey, who is the chaplain at Thorn Cross Young Offenders Institution, uh, very near my constituency. I've had a connection with Thorn Cross for many years, and uh, not long ago, I was privileged to attend one of the final meetings of a sick and course, uh, and was extremely impressed. Um, but uh, that isn't really the reason why I'm here. I'm here because... Sean asked me. Um, <laughs> Sean's bigger than me. <laughs> but not only is he bigger than me physically, but he has a very big heart. And uh, I think you will hear more of that and uh, see it demonstrated tonight. As indeed you will from all our speakers, um, I'm very pleased to um, welcome Penny Parker from the Prison Fellowship, um, the inspiration behind the Sycamore Tree Course. Uh, also, Ian Telfer, Governor of HMP Gartry. Um, who's going to tell us more about uh, the course in the prison there. Um, We have, uh, later on, um, sharing from both an offender, an ex-offender, and victims of the benefits that they have gained through uh, restorative justice programme. And uh, equally, of course, it is our honour to welcome the Minister for Prisons and Rehabilitation, Jeremy Wright MP, who will speak to us in a few moments. But to, to introduce him, uh, let me ask Mark uh, Harris, who is the Director of Christians in Parliament, who has been very instrumental in coordinating, coordinating the planning for this evening's event, to come forward and say a few words. Would you welcome Mark Harris?
1: Thank you, Fiona, very much. Um, a very warm welcome again from the Christians in Parliament All-Party all party Group, Bible Society and Prison Fellowship, who are all co-hosts for this evening's event. We're delighted that you've uh, come to join us for what I hope will be an inspiring insight into a particular work that is going on in UK prisons and its significant further potential. My name is Mark Harris. Uh, I'm the Senior Parliamentary Officer for Bible Society and Christians in Parliament. Christians in Parliament exist to contribute to all areas of policy discussion on a a cross-party basis through written reports and through events like this during the year. It's also here to support Christians of all denominations and of all parties in putting their faith and values into practice in their work here in the Houses of Parliament. Bible Society was established in 1804 by William Wilberforce and Lord Shaftesbury and others to encourage the wider circulation and use of the scriptures. And today the society works to promote the availability, the accessibility and the credibility of the Bible with partner societies throughout the world in over 200 countries. And in the UK, this includes working in prisons with, with prison chaplains and over 2,500 Bibles are distributed each year to UK prisons. And um, some of those are these... Um, freedom Bibles that you have on your seats uh, that are, have been kindly donated by Bible Society to take away with you the with seating so please do take a copy away as Fiona said Penny Parker is going to be introducing the work of Prison Fellowship shortly so I won't say any more um, about them and the Sycamore Tree Program if you are a tweeter the, uh, the hashtag is restorative justice up here on, on your screens we expect the presentations to last for about 50 minutes, and this will be followed by an opportunity to ask questions. <coughs> and after that, we have some delightful drinks and canapes behind closed doors over there to my right. We're particularly grateful to have the Minister for Prisons and Rehabilitation here with us tonight, Jeremy Wright, MP. And um, it's my great pleasure now to hand over to him to make some introductory remarks. Jeremy, Thank you. Thank you.
2: Well, thank you, Mark, and good evening, everybody. Can I start with what is perhaps an inevitable apology for a Minister of the Crown, which is, I'm sorry, I won't be able to stay with you for the whole of the evening. Uh, That will mean, to my eternal regret, I won't be able to stay and answer questions, but to my even greater regret, I won't be able to stay for the wonderful drinks and canapes. So I apologise for that. But what I thought I would do is say a word or two about restorative justice in the round and what the government is trying to achieve in that area. And I should start with a confession, which is that when I arrived in this job some 14 months ago, I suppose, as Minister for Prisons and Rehabilitation, I knew very little about restorative justice, and there may be many people in the audience who don't know a great deal about it either. And I came, therefore, as an agnostic. I knew nothing about it, but I was willing to listen to what it might be able to achieve. And the more I have heard, the more impressed I have become. And the statistics will be familiar to some of you. We don't have a huge evidence base for restorative justice, but what we have is, I think, very striking. Restorative justice is offering the opportunity for victims of crime and perpetrators of crime to get involved in a process, to some extent, outside the criminal justice system. And for me, it's most important that victims of crime have access to this as and when they need it and in the way that is most useful to them. And I think what is remarkable is that when you look at the satisfaction ratings for those who've engaged in restorative justice as a victim, the figures we have are that 85% of those who've engaged as a victim have been satisfied by the experience. Now when you consider the trepidation that anyone who's been a victim of crime must have felt before engaging particularly in restorative justice involving direct contact with the offender and the crime to which they were victim. I think that is a truly striking statistic. But it doesn't end there, of course, because in relation to the offender, there is a distinguishable benefit in terms of reoffending. A 14% reduction in reoffending for those who've engaged as an offender in restorative justice. Those are, in my view, very meaningful statistics. But behind the statistics, there is real human experience. And I think back to my experience as a barrister. Before I made the mistake of coming into politics, I had what my mother consistently reminds me was a proper job. And I was a criminal barrister. And I represented young men, very often, who'd been engaged in burglary. They hadn't been engaged in it entirely successfully, which is how I came to meet them. (laughs) And I can tell you, and many of you will know this, that for those young men who'd been engaged in a long career in many cases of burgling houses, they had managed to convince themselves that burglary was a victimless crime. That when you burgled houses, the only consequence was minor inconvenience, where the owner of the house would have to ring up the insurance company, who would then replace the television and the laptop and anything else that he'd chosen to take, and that that wasn't really a very serious problem. And when those young men, when they sometimes did, met the victims of their offenses, they realized what the psychological effect of those burglaries had been. And it came as a profound, life-altering shock to them. And that, for me, is a large part of what restorative justice can be about, enabling all offenders to understand what the consequences of their offending may be in human terms. But, of course, the benefit may also apply to the victims of crime. And I appreciate that the Sycamore Tree course doesn't engage in direct contact between victims and offenders. But just on that particular example of restorative justice, if you've been a victim of burglary, then you have some pretty terrifying images of what your burglar would be like. And sometimes meeting your burglar and discovering he's not like that at all is also of help. So for me restorative justice is important for practical reasons as well as for theoretical reasons. And it's very important that we look at it always in my view from the perspective both of the victim and the offender and what it can achieve. But government has to do its bit. And in my view there are three things that are very important that have to be done when you engage in promotion of restorative justice. The first of them is you have to make sure that restorative justice is available when people want it. And you have to make sure they know it's there. And that's why in the Victims Code, which we published in October this year, there is information to help victims of crime understand that restorative justice processes may be available to them. That's the first and most important thing. But the second thing, as I say, is that it has to be available when the victim wants to take advantage of it. And that's why we've passed legislation to ensure that courts can, where they believe it appropriate, postpone sentencing to allow for restorative justice processes to take place. And that change in the law will take effect this month. So important that people know it's there, and important that people can take advantage of it when they feel ready to do so. But the second important area I think that government needs to focus on is making sure that restorative justice when it's made available, when people are made aware of its existence, is of the highest possible quality. Because restorative justice is only worthwhile if it's done well. If it's done badly, it can be profoundly damaging. So it's important that where restorative justice takes place, it takes place to very high standards. And I'm grateful (laughs) to the Restorative Justice Council, among others, for the work they've done in promoting quality standards and a quality mark so that we can be confident that restorative justice will be done well where it is done. But the third thing is none of that is of any use at all if you can't afford to pay for it. And in the end, government has to put its money where its mouth is. And that's why we have allocated a minimum of £29 million over the next three years to enable restorative justice to be delivered where the courts and others believe it's appropriate to do so. And that is also hugely important. We need to back up our enthusiasm for restorative justice with the means to pay for it. And we do all of that because restorative justice has the capacity, as I know you're going to hear this evening, to change lives. It has the capacity to change the lives of those who've been the victims of crime, and it has the capacity to change the lives of those who've been the perpetrators of crime. And in the end, the challenge that we address in government, and which I know you share our enthusiasm for, is changing lives. It is about reducing reoffending, about turning people around from the wrong path to the right path. And for that, I'm truly grateful to all those who I know who are here today, and those many others who are not here today, for all that they have done to engage with restorative justice and in making the huge contribution it already makes, and I believe can increasingly make, to that crucial job of changing lives. So thank you very much indeed, and I look forward to hearing what others have to say.
3: Good evening, Uh, ladies and gentlemen. We're just delighted uh, to be here. My name's Penny Parker. I'm a trustee of Prison Fellowship. But actually, um, I probably slightly annoy my fellow trustees by saying this. Actually, first and foremost, I'm a tutor of the Sycamore Tree Course. Um, I've been tutoring it for nearly nine years now, um, principally in Wandsworth Prison but in other places as well. Um, And it's really uh, with that hat on that I would love to speak to you. Um, Just a bit of background about Prison Fellowship. Um, We've been, we're not new kids on the block, we've been here quite a while. Um, Prison Fellowship was the vision of um, Chuck Colson, uh, President Nixon's advisor who became a Christian while he was in prison. And uh, he set up Prison Fellowship in the US um, at around the same time, um, the wife of Michael Allison MP, Sylvia Mary Allison, was actually uh, hard at work here, realising the need to reach out to men and women in prison, um, and was instrumental in, in was, the, was the driving force behind the creation of the uh, England and Wales Prison Fellowship. Um, And we are part of the umbrella organisation, Prison Fellowship International, of which there are now 125 different national fellowships, and I think something in excess of 30 of which run a variation of the sycamore tree course in some extraordinary different places. Um, In this country, we ran the first course in 1998, and it's interesting to reflect on what the Minister said about the increasing awareness that we have, and I'm really grateful that he's unpacked a little bit about how... Uh, restorative justice works. Um, We've we've actually been out there in the prisons doing it since 1998 Um, and we now have a team of um, 1800 trained volunteers, um, a very large proportion of whom are active in our prisons across the country. In 2012-13 we delivered 112 programmes in 44 prisons to over 2200 offenders. Um, and, and just one small statistic, or one rather large statistic, um, but uh, that I think is just uh, quite good to reflect on that that involved 27,000 volunteer hours. Um, and uh, our aim is very simply that we should roll out Sycamore Tree more widely, that it should be available where, uh, wherever it's wanted. Um, I'm, I'm really grateful the Minister managed to save me a couple of minutes from my talk by giving you the background to our day. Um, and so really what I would love to do is to uh, take you through uh, two things um, um, before I pass on to uh, colleagues, um, Ian Telfer from Gartry and Sean Verhey and introduce you to Kevin Dawkins as well from Feltham. Um, First of all, I want to explain how we use restorative justice on the sycamore tree course. Um, We're using it in a group context and we're using it in a custodial setting. both of those two things, um, for many proponents of RJ, would ring warning bells. They would say, well, that can't be RJ as we know it. Um, so I'd like to unpack for you a little bit about how that happens. Um, and then simply to explain to you why I think it's really important and the work that we do um, is really significant. I know Ian and Sean are going to share stories from their own prisons about Sigma Tree. Um, In its standard format, uh, Sycamore Tree is is simply a six-session course, uh, not a huge amount of time, uh, typically a two and a half hour session once a week for six weeks, and we work uh, usually with a group up to 20 offenders, perhaps a smaller group if it's with young people. Um, It's delivered by a volunteer tutor who is trained and between four and eight facilitators who uh, use a variety of methods and whole groups, small group discussions, we have film materials, Uh, We engage in all sorts of ways uh, with the group that we're working with. Um, We're quite uh, demanding. Um, We um, uh, expect uh, real commitment and engagement. Uh, This isn't just a tick box exercise, we make that very clear at the start. We expect them to contribute, we want to hear their stories, we want them to listen and we want them to share. And we encourage them to be increasingly open as the course goes on to talk about their own offending within the small group context um, and supported as appropriate by, by one or two trained volunteers. Um, I think Sean is going to probably tell you a bit about one of our new initiatives, which is to develop a peer mentoring scheme, which I'm very excited about. Um, We often hear back from the offenders who join us that we create an atmosphere that's quite unlike anything else that they encounter in prison. That Just something about the way that we work, um, the fact that we're a team that come in from outside, uh, creates a a different space um, in which they feel able to open up perhaps in ways that they don't typically um, or are not so typically able to do in prison. We begin the course by exploring um, uh, crime from an offender's perspective. Uh, We take a story from the Bible and we use it just simply to do some role play. Um, The course is what we call faith-based but not faith-promoting. And and we we literally do sort of role play around a a, a very curious little story, a tax collector (coughs) who extorts money from Luke's Gospel. Um, But actually using this device allows us to dig into um, how crime affects victims and community. Um, And actually I think what we do by doing it that way is that actually it's it's an easy entry point, it's not challenging. We haven't picked a scenario which makes anyone in in our group feel uncomfortable. We've not sort of taken a case that perhaps is close to the bone for them. Um, and so they come at it very much as a third party. They opine on, on uh, what an offender would feel, and they're typically aggressive and dismissive of victims. And, and then in week two, we flip that around. So we take the same story and we explore what it would be like to be a victim or a member of that community to start to unpack the, both the immediately obvious practical impact of crime, but also <coughs> the emotional uh, and the ongoing side effects, um, you know, answering that classic, well, they've got insurance kind of attitude. Um, and uh, to sort of dig into that and actually very quickly they start to become really quite opinionated and quite vocal the other way um, and of course actually the, the beauty then is to say well actually restorative justice is about bringing someone with these strong opinions together with someone with these strong opinions and, and actually people coming together and communicating what they've been through why, answering questions explaining what the situation is Um, we are well known for a famous uh, physical sort of exercise that we do where we gather them round and we throw unexpectedly an orange into a bowl of water that creates a a splash and and we use it simply as a demonstration of that sort of the way that crime hits people and and it it leads us to looking at what we call the ripple effect and you'll hear, if you talk to offenders who've done the course they will use that term about coming to realise the ripple effect of crime Um, the fact that crime has ripples through time but also through people as relationships move on and family and communities are affected. At the end of week two, they're told that in week three they will meet a victim of crime, and we ask them to go away and to think about how they feel about that, and to start thinking about how their own offending may have hurt people, to start exploring what people that they have affected through their crime might be feeling, the types of things that they would want to talk about or raise if they were coming to that meeting. Um, and, and alongside those uh, role play exercises, we teach the principles and, and the background to RJ. So they sort of learn it as a theoretical exercise, um, and we debate issues around criminal justice and reoffending. And, and they love engaging with those kinds of uh, you know, political issues. Um, and we look at real life examples of RJ and uh, look at the reactions and, and talk about how people respond. Um, so session three is the crux of the course. We have um, extraordinary victims of crime who volunteer to come in. And much as if they were going to uh, an RJ conference, we'll come in and we'll talk about what they have been through. Um, I'm joined, we're joined tonight by Lynn and Mick Connolly, who uh, really are quite amazing. They've been into prison more than 70 times on sycamore tree courses to tell the story of of the crime, their son Paul was murdered. Um, They've never been able to have RJ because the young men who committed that offence have never accepted responsibility, but Lynn and Mick will share a bit later about what it's meant for them to come into Sycamore Tree. Um, so uh, it can be a range of things. It, it can be people who have gone through, who are victims of a serious crime, but actually it can be quite a straightforward crime. It can be a, a, a mugging even, a um, handbag snatch on the street we've, uh, we've worked with. And there's something about the up-close personal engagement, sitting in front of someone, here, having someone tell you, what it's like to be a victim of crime, not being able to get up and walk away, not having it mediated, if you like, through barristers in court. There is something that time and again we hear offenders say, I never realized. I never stopped to think. I never put a face to my victims. I never imagined that, X years after, they would still be suffering. I think they're things that we all find quite extraordinary because actually uh, you know, our, we engage our emotions, we understand, we have a conscience. We almost find it impossible to think that people wouldn't. But time and again, that, that is what we, uh, what we hear. So those sessions in week three are meetings of great power and uh, that is the transforming point in the course. But the important thing is to (coughs) gather that reaction, to to capture it, if you like. Uh, And it's from that reaction we then start to build um, a, a sort of motivational aspect of the course, and we challenge. Um, offenders to think about what it would be like to take responsibility, to imagine if they sat in front of their victims, what would their victims want for them to do, how can they look at making amends in their lives, how can they look at starting to uh, uh, restore relationships with family or with community that have been damaged through their offending. Um, And and we we raise the the concept uh, in restorative justice that very often there is an obligation. You know, the the outcome of a restorative justice conference will agree what an offender should do. And so we get them to think about what what would their victims want them to do? Um, And so although we're in abstract and they're not in front of their own victims uh, and and generally not their families, um, actually we still challenge them to react as if they were and to look at what they can do. Some will start to write letters that, that... perhaps if it's appropriate can then be sent to victims and certainly many will start to look at how they can restore their family relationships. We challenge the excuses that they make, um, you'll, I'm sure be aware that uh, offenders are fantastic at coming out with long stories and denying responsibility and we challenge that very, in a very upfront way. We challenge them what it would be like to turn their lives around, what would it be like to be a good parent to your child, what would it like to be like to be a good spouse. <clears throat> Uh, to be a contributing member of society, to hold down a job—those kinds of things. So we don't shy away from really quite difficult issues. And the course culminates in session six when the victims come back in again uh, to, uh, in a way, witness what the men do. Um, they start session six doing some group work, but really the centre of the session is when they're given an opportunity to respond personally to the course. And we call it the symbolic act of restitution, symbolic making amends. Um, and I suppose symbolic because typically well, their victims aren't there. Um, but actually if you come to see a session six, you will see that actually there is nothing symbolic in their reaction. Uh, we see extraordinary personal transformations and engagement and uh, very real uh, responses to the course and recognition of their own offending and the impact and I know that uh, both Ian and Sean uh, will, will mention that. Um, we make it very clear in fact that they, that they don't have to respond, there's no box ticking so we're not looking for a response to finish the course and get a certificate so we try and move ourselves away from perhaps what they more typically encounter in the prison where they feel they have to sort of go through the, the road of the course. Um, And so their certificates for completing are not actually dependent on that final act, which I think just adds to the heartfelt and personal nature of it. Um, And actually, we would love, we would welcome you. On your handout, you've got an invitation. Do get in touch with us. We would love to welcome you. There is no better way to understand... But I must get the Minister to come and see a course. (laughs) There is no better way to understand how it works than to come and see a session six. Um, And in fact, the approbation of visitors is a very important feature. There is something about having... uh people come, who represent the community, represent society and who applaud them and encourage them and and, and in a way seal that step that they've taken Um, if if you think about the condemnation of of the criminal justice system, in a way it's a sort of reversal of that process and if there are RJ practitioners they'll understand where that comes from and how important that is Um, and so that response in a public arena I think uh, requires great courage on their part but is a real achievement for them at the end of the session Um, So the unique way that Sycamore Tree works, I think, is really important. Um, Delivered by an external team, um, I think that sets us apart. It has a structure, we have a framework, but we're not a sort of manualised course. Uh, We encourage their contributions. It's really important, I think. These are typically men and women who have probably, by and large, a large proportion, been failed by our education system, have dropped out somewhere along the way, and who have come with a a very strong view of what it would be like to sit in a a, a sort of learning environment. And and so we welcome, we try and build on their, their experiences. We try and make the course around them. Um, you might be interested to know we, we are, I, I think almost never ever advertised I don't think there's a single prison we have some places but we never use them um, we go by word of mouth uh, most prisons have a waiting list of over 100 names typically more than a year's wait and certainly in Wandsworth men will leave before they get a chance actually to do the course sadly and the approach essentially is about modelling good lives I think we model um, honest values we build relationships of trust uh, we share a common humanity with them and that builds a very important social capital in those that we work with and i think increasingly these factors are recognized as significant uh, a very significant part of the desistance journey the journey to give up crime time and again we hear from governors that men and women who finish the course engage differently with the prison and i'm sure ian and sean will reflect on that Uh, we frequently receive praise Uh, best course in prison is much uh, much (laughs) vaunted Um, I have had, I'm going to write to my MP and tell him that all prisoners should be made to do this course, but I'm afraid history doesn't relate whether the letter got through. So in short, um Signal Tree, I hope you'll start to see, is a, I think a unique opportunity to spread restorative justice much more widely. We know that fantastic though the program to roll out RJ is it will only ever reach the tip of the iceberg you know there are 85,000 men and women in our prisons Um, and for for most of them and very frequently for victims of crime uh, RJ may not be possible and sycamore tree is a way of reaching that population Um, and it's through that encounter with a victim of crime that actually transformation happens in people's lives Um, and uh, I am delighted at that point, I think, to hand over to Ian Telfer and give us his perspective yes. as the Governor yes. of HMP Gartry.
4: Thank you, Penny. Um, Penny from the Prison Fellowship, and obviously, as she said, my name Ian Telfer from okay. the Governor of Gartry. And I hope I don't always have that effect on ministers. uh, (laughs) But I will be hanging around for the questions and also the wonderful um, canapes that he's promised. So I hope it will be good. I was asked to share my personal experience as a sycamore tree, uh, set against the backdrop of restorative justice. Um, I was very pleased um, when I was asked to do this. as It provided me a special occasion, which is obviously tonight, to support something that I'm wholeheartedly committed to. In fact, I'm passionate about. And that's uh, Prison Fellowship and the Sycamore Tree that it delivers. Now, I'm going to try and give you a little bit of background, and, and uh, these are personal reflections, because um, I think that's the only real honest way that I can, I can share my experiences of this, this course. <coughs> I first gained an understanding of sycamore tree and its immense power to transform lives. Um, and if you recall, the, the minister was talking about um, transforming lives earlier. Uh, by talking to the men in my care over the past um, few years this jail that I'm at now the jail I was at before that and indeed the jail I was at before that um, always they spoke so positively about their experiences uh, they spoke with warmth they spoke with a passion which I, I've not experienced before but they also spoke with a personal power uh, which I found was quite amazing they told me things like and it's we're gonna, you're going to hear this same language all the way through it's transformational yes. um, it, it's affected me like nothing before um, it's shown me where and how I can change now they're powerful words they're words you don't normally hear in a prison not in my experiences anyway now, I've heard many times during my career um, those dif- different words like that but I've never heard them said with such conviction I've never heard them said um, by men with a, they've got a light in their eyes they've got this aura about them they have been touched they have been changed and when they've spoken to me I get that sense I get that feeling now, I brought Sycamore, Sycamore Tree to my last prison based upon these experiences. Yeah, I only had the experiences of um, of testimony from, 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 from people that I look after, people I have a responsibility to care for. And for me, it had a huge impact. Um, each cohort of men uh, stood proud at the end. Six weeks, six weeks had changed their lives. They actually stood proud. Um, they went through difficult times on that course. It's not an easy course. And I do... Uh, I want to mirror what Penny said. Um, I welcome any of you to go after, to to experience uh, Week 6, the, um, the most amazing thing that I ever, <coughs> I ever get the pleasure to experience in my working life. Please come or go to one of the other jails. I think there's 43 jails that actually do Sycamore Tree. Or if you want a really wonderful experience, go to Sean's Jail. Cause he, he's obviously, most- as you'll find <laughs> out later, um, the most amazing man... I've ever, has ever followed me twice when I've been speaking the first time I took um, three quarters of an hour of his time this time I've been sworn not to do that um, now as each course finished another took its place um, and the prison started to change I've never experienced uh, a course where not only did the, the cohort change but also when they go out and they talk to their peers when they, talk, when they go out and they talk to people that they live with in their community it starts to reflect out and it starts to change them this reached far more than the people that were just the participants. And that, again, is amazing. Uh, you'll see a theme coming through what I, I, I'm going to speak. Now, Sean's only just flown in from, I believe, Canada. So we've had no time to get our notes together. But I bet he'll reflect exactly as I have, as the Minister has in a way, and as Penny will do. Um, when I first came to Gartree, I've been there about two years now. And the Cartree is... Um, it's an indeterminate sentenced uh, prison or life of jail, as, as we, we fondly know it, in Market Harbour in the Midlands. It's actually the bigger life, biggest lifer centre in Europe. So, it, you know, it's got some pretty um, important people there. And by that, I mean the people that I look after, not me uh, or my team. Um, one of the first things I did when I got there was to invite, I got on the phone I invited um, Prison Fellowship to come up and speak to, to the men. Uh, Terry over there and Natalie came up Um, I didn't have to advertise it. They filled the hall with about 90 to 100 people. They just came. They came because they knew the wonderful gifts that Prison Fellowship brings with Sycamore Tree. I didn't have to tell them anything. They knew because they'd experienced it, or people have experienced it before. Word of mouth, it spread. As we heard Penny here earlier, you never advertise Sycamore Tree. You never do a poster. Mm. Uh, You don't need to. Uh, It just spreads. you have a theme coming through there, if you think um, about who invited us here tonight. Um... Uh, they came, and the rest for me is a success story at my new jail, my new jail, Gartry. Uh, it's a success story peppered with transformation. Um, with each of the course um, of the courses that I run now or we run now, there is a waiting list of over a hundred people. Um, when you consider that the, the jail holds seven hundred and eight people, that's quite a high f- f- per percentage of waiting list. Um, and there's about twenty. 20- men on each course so it's quite a large course as well um i always try and attend the final session that's that week six um it it is an amazing experience for me i always speak to the men regularly as well as i walk around the jail every day now they're never wavering in their experiences they all tell me it changes them they tell me that it works this this isn't something that you read about they tell me and they share their experiences which is amazing um Now I'm a bit of a supporter of a thing called Active Citizenship as well, you may or may not have heard about it because I believe that a jail is a community, it should be respectful, it should be responsible, it should be hard working, but it should also be giving. Um, Now we've piloted a a peer mentoring course, I believe it's a pilot, Um, and this has proven to be extremely successful. The cohort from the previous Sycamore Tree (coughs) asked to come back, (coughs) asked to be trained um, uh, to support the facilitators. but for that, for me, is part of the restorative journey. Um, it's about people giving back. They're giving back not only to, um, to victims, they're giving back to the people that helped to um, welcome them into the sycamore tree understanding. They give back to the course. They give back to the volunteers that come and facilitate the course, but also they develop their further skills and understanding, again, uh, which will help them along their long journey back to... Um, restorative elements of, of leaving a prison and being crime-free. They now assist uh, in raising understanding of victim issues and support this process throughout the whole jail. As you can see, it starts. You heard about the ripple effect earlier, about that orange going into water. It is an effect that actually populates throughout a whole jail. And I know you find that really strange, or you would find that strange to believe it in a in a jail, especially like Gartry, which is you know, quite a big jail, um, but I'm telling you, it works and it's true. I was recently asked to describe... The changes I see in the men in my care who've attended Sycamore Tree. Um, I find them engaged more in their lives, uh, in their sentence planning, and also in their sentence progression. I find them much more engaged in taking responsibility for their own lives. They start to understand the impact of their actions, both previously in uh, in the actions (coughs) that brought them into prison in the first place, um, but also on. Their peers, their actions on their peers, and also on my staff, were starting to bring a restorative justice theme throughout the whole jail, all born on the back of um, Sycamore Tree. They tell me of being able, for the first time, to build better relationships and to make amends with loved ones that they've hurt. Indeed, we've got two men uh, I was speaking to the other week um, who've talked to me about reconciliation with their families um, or family members after more than 10 years of hostility and estrangement. Six-week course has brought that about. Nothing else has. If you walk around any prison, and I think there's a big list on everybody's, on these tables anyway, uh, that facilitates Sycamore Tree, you will, you will usually hear, hear words like, it's amazing, it helped me, <coughs> where others have not. Um, now, I work uh, in public sector prisons, and I'm extremely proud to do so. Um, during the 28 years, I know it's hard to believe, but during the 28 years that I've been in, that's more of a laugh than I normally get when I do that one, thank you, um, during the 28 years I can personally say from a personal perspective that it's the most effective course that I've ever seen. It reaches into people's hearts, yes. it reaches into their souls and it does change them. Mm. Um, one of the National Offender Management Service specific custodial intentions, and I'm glad I got that out first time, <laughs> is that there should be a sense of purpose in relation to rehabilitation. Desistance and the progression through a sentence, which is shared and understood, and we heard Penny and the Minister reflect on that earlier. NOM's currently deliver victim-offender conferences, um, and it's further <coughs> developing partnerships and supporting the environment to enable the development and growth of that. Again, we heard about that earlier. The term restorative justice, for me, is a huge, great, wide uh, term. It covers a huge range of approaches, but a desired outcome of increased victim satisfaction and reduced reconviction is paramount. Um, I firmly believe that the Sycamore Tree delivers right to the heart of these very important issues and can be very effective in transforming lives uh, by being an integral part of the restorative journey. It fits. It's needed, and it is valuable and it's supportive. Furthermore, we all have to look for efficiencies wherever we can. I'm probably in the right building to actually say that. And NOMS has has expectations, NOMS has high expectations of its providers, which would be um, uh, people in this room, to maximise value for money and be able to demonstrate competitiveness in the challenging financial environment that we find ourselves today. Um, I'm going to tell you just a couple of figures that I'm going to share with them. I think it's going to shock because you've heard of these wonderful, wonderful... Uh, six week long courses, uh, intensive (coughs) courses. Each sycamore tree costs £3,500. I don't know if you knew that, that's all, nothing more. Um, They take an average of 20 participants for each cohort. That equates to £175 to reach into a person's soul, Mm -hmm. to transform their thinking, their Mm -hmm. understanding of their actions, their understanding of their previous actions, their understanding of their future actions when they get released back into society and also of their lives, 175 pounds, there's nothing. Um, I have so many testament, testaments that I wanted to share. I'm going to read one letter, that's all, because I haven't got much time. I had this letter about four months ago. But if you do look, you have a printout, folks, uh, that of some testaments on your chairs. These were sent from one of the... Here, support groups in my jail to mark today um, we've obviously anonymised them um, please take the time to read them these are genuine, I hadn't cited these till I got here they are genuinely uh, they were genuine testimonies of how the last cause which I think finished about two or three weeks ago reached into these men's souls this is a letter um, this is funny enough, this is from a man I knew about 25 years ago when he was a young offender, a juvenile and Feltham. Prison in West London, from Young Offenders. Dear Ian Talfa, I I know it's been a while since I completed the Sycamore Tree course, but I felt I needed to write this letter, thanking you for the opportunity to take part in such a hard-hitting and emotional course. As you know, my life has not been an easy one, much like many of the prisoners here at Garthry. Through my life, I have made lots of mistakes. And if I'm honest, even more stupid choices and decisions, but I can honestly say that being able to take part in the Sycamore Tree was definitely not one of them. It was not I was not 100% sure as to what I would experience on the course, but after the first week, I knew that the course would be different. You completely hear this theme all the time. However, I never guessed how direct it would be and how hard I would have to look into the wider devastations that my actions, choices and crime have caused. This man, by the way, is um, serving an indeterminate sentence for mm-hmm. murder. Um, Like many people, I only thought of the immediate victim of my crime, which is hard enough to deal with. But after listening to Ray and Vi, um, who are another couple that kindly come in and share their their experiences, um, of how they lost their son to a savage and pointless murder, the realisation of destruction I have caused to so many people hit me like a ton of bricks. It made me take stock and take a long, hard look at myself and the way in which... I have viewed what I have done its consequence, and its consequences. I cannot put into word what Sycamore Tree has done for me in relation to being more self-aware of my crime and the responsibilities I need to take in moving towards restoring some of the damage I have caused. I know I can't put everything right or even change how some of the people feel, but the least I can do is concentrate on the parts I can change and at least try to do something about the parts I can't. Because who knows, with time... A lot of genuine effort, a lot of forgiveness from people like Ray and Vi. God willing, if I truly show how sorry I am for what I have done, one day I could also be forgiven. Again, thank you very much for your help, plus your trust and faith in me. I will never forget it. That man I've known for 25 years would not have written a letter to me anyway. Um, Six months ago, he definitely wouldn't have written a letter composed like that. Um, pre-Sycamore he wrote it post-Sycamore I've spoken to him since and he said it's the hardest letter he's ever written in his life and I'm really honoured and proud to receive it to share it with you today um, I'm going to stop there but as you know there is a, there's a thing that comes through here please take it from me sharing my personal experience it is the best thing I've ever experienced in my life it works it reaches into men's souls it changes lives it transforms lives and it is amazing uh, I'm just going to leave you with a quote I sometimes use and I'll leave you with it all all of you with it, and it's from Joshua 17, and it's "Be Strong, Be courageous." Think about why we're here. Thank
1: you very much for your time. I um,
5: you think folks? I'll try again. Good evening, folks. That's much better. That's much better. I hope you can understand my my accent. I'm a northerner. I'm a fellow scarcer with Lynn and Mick and Steve Hawkins here. Uh, originally, I'm from Canada, so I, I do apologize for my uh, slight twang. Uh, but uh, I'm also the managing chaplain at HMP YY Thorncross, which is a young offenders prison up in Warrington in Cheshire. And uh, I've had the privilege of having Fiona to several of our Sycamore Tree courses. Uh, Fiona's a huge support. Lenin huge support for what we do. Steve Hawkins is here, huge support. And Ian, a very dear friend. And we are just so on the same page. So you'll have to forgive me. I just got back from Canada on Sunday, and, and I'm a little jet-lagged, but it's all good. And, uh, and I hope and pray we're going to take away some very powerful, very meaningful thoughts and concepts about sycamore tree and the lives that sycamore is changing in prisons, in communities, and churches. Uh, because, you see, it's a win-win-win sycamore tree. Um, let me just tell you why I am so desperately passionate about sycamore. I live, breathe, eat, drink sycamore. When I've just been in Canada, I try to take every opportunity to share about what God is doing to change the lives of victims and offenders through this restorative justice gospel. I've got just something I wanted to share with you. That Sycamore for me, uh, that sycamore tree restorative justice gospel, and gospel just means good news, is about a revolution of hope and transformation through forgiveness for both victims and offenders. That is what it does. It does what it says it does on the tin. And I've seen it. I can, I'm going to give you uh, some, some personal stories about sycamore tree. Sort of to put a face and then perhaps a name uh, to some of the lives that have been changed through sycamore tree. Well, first of all, I've got to say that sycamore is kind of like a thorn cross. It's, it's at the very heart of what we do. And I would say that the best thing that we can do for every prison in the United Kingdom is to get sycamore tree firmly entrenched within the heart of that prison. And I can say that because uh, every governor we've had for the past, this is my seventh year at Thorn Cross, have seen the results that sycamore has brought, the change, the transformation. Offenders acting their way into a new way of thinking, change lives, change hearts. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many cognitive skill courses in the prison service, and I'm not knocking any. They're all great. But what sets Sycamore apart is this. It's the 18-inch transformation, the journey from the mind of the offender to the heart of that offender. It's that week three moment when you see the penny drop, and something inside those prisoners, those offenders, changes. It's that transformation that makes such a difference. I have to say as well that... Really, we couldn't do what we do at Sycamore without the support of our governing governor. Acting uh, governing governor Andy Fletcher, my governor Mick Poval, the deputy, and the head of reducing Reoffending, Anna Selby, are just 100% behind Sycamore. They've experienced it. They are behind what we're doing. And they've seen the changes that Sycamore makes. My, my bishop, Bishop Key Sinclair, will come to the week six. He'll come up and give, you know, present the certificates to our young and older people. Because they see the change it makes. They've seen the transformation that Sycamore brings to both offenders and victims. And you see, some people say, Sean, you, you seem a little bit focused on what Sycamore does for people in prison. But people in prison, the change will have the ripple effect of a cessation of <coughs> violence, of offending, and victims. For every offender that goes in that sycamore tree course, there will be a whole host of victims that will never appear. They'll never come to being because sycamore has changed the way they think, the way they believe, the way they act. That's that's something that's so important for me about sycamore. My friend Anna Selby, uh who's the head of reducing reoffending at Sycamore has noticed something else that's very, very interesting. You see, Sycamore doesn't just uh, bring a sense of, of wanting to have a forgiveness experience, uh, that opportunity to say sorry to their own victim, to write the letter to their own victim, to change. But it changes the atmosphere of a prison. Sycamore in Thorn Cross is kind of like a Blackpool rock stick. Have you ever seen one of those things? You crack it open, there's a little message. And Sycamore is at the heart of Thorn Cross. It's at the heart of reducing reoffending. And Anna has told me, very interesting, uh, Anna said, as the governor in charge of reducing reoffending, that when we run a sycamore tree course, and we have run 18, I'm looking forward to the 19th on January 20th. Please come to Thorn Cross for a week six. I'll invite you all personally. If you can come, come on down. Ian and I will vie over who you're going to have. Come to Thorn Cross, we'd love to have you. Um, And what Anna has noticed is that while we are running a sycamore tree course, the levels of violence within our prison drop drastically. They drop dramatically. You see, that's reducing, reoffending. That's restorative justice. That's the sign of a transformed life. That is what sycamore will do in prisons, in communities, in the church. So, uh, I've mentioned we've, we've run 19 courses, and, and for me, the heart of it is, of course, the cognitive is so important. It's so important people think about the consequences of their actions. But for me, uh, really, I love, I absolutely love week three. And, you know, we've got Lynn and McConley. I just love these guys so much. They're so wonderful. They give so much to our people in prison, because it costs victims to engage with restorative justice, it costs them. Well, I've heard Linda and Mick so many times. I learn something new every time. And on week three, when they share the story of the the death of their precious son, Paul, you can see the penny drop. And I like to sit halfway along the chapel because you see, I, I love to hear and see what Linda and Mick are saying. But but even more than that, I love to look in the faces of our people. And you can actually see some of them, the shoulders shaking, and the eyes welling up, and the tears. And you see, the way we run Sycamore at Thorncross, when I came to Thorncross, I can't believe it's seven years now, I'd asked my governor, look, you know, I, I have been involved with Sycamore at Garth and Winelock, which are uh, Cat B and Cat uh, C prison. But I said, you know, Governor, I'd like to try something new, I'd like to marry up. To engage our 20 most serious offenders with the most high-impact surrogate victim, because I believe if you want the greatest change, go for the greatest need, and that's what we do at Phone Cross. That's what we do at Sycamore. That's what Sycamore does. And so on week three, you know, so many times I've sat. Uh, you know, Steve and Lynn and Mick, you've you've been there, you've seen it. And even the most tough, the people you think society had given up on people that you would you would hear throw away comments like no hopers my friends every single person in prison god has a future and a hope for god can change and transform i believe that with all my heart or i wouldn't be here sharing uh... you know the the power of sycamore with you this evening and and you can you can see this change you can see this process and it is very real and it's very dramatic and it's very very powerful Um, and then on week six you know, I mentioned the victim impact, and on the way out, I, let me before I get into week six, week three. That when have given their uh, the presentation, and, and uh, it's so powerful. We we shake hands with the young people. We say, you know, go and shake Lindemeyer's hand. Go and say thank you. And to see the offenders coming up to Lindemeyer, really, they they've been changed. They've been deeply affected. Some of the guys, it's like a train wreck. It's like, oh, I can't believe this is the impact of. That, that could have been me. That's my offense, you see. And they go up to Linamick and they share. And you can see there's a connection. Re- Restored justice, sycamore tree, is about relationship, you see. It's not about forcing offenders to engage. It's about a compassionate, caring relationship that changes the way they think about themselves and about their victims. And that's why I love sycamore I want to tell you a couple more things. I'm looking at the <coughs> clock carefully. Am I okay, Fiona, for a few minutes? Yeah, okay. Fiona's going to give me one of these if I go over time. But uh, Something else that we're very passionate about at Sycamore is the Sycamore Peer Mentors. And you see, Restorative Justice, the Sycamore Tree, is about helping offenders to help offenders, helping offenders to say sorry to victims, uh, helping offenders to change their families and communities. It's just a win-win-win situation. And we've got some amazing Sycamore Tree mentors who go out into schools and churches. Steve Hawkins, just uh, my dear friend Steve here, uh, recently took one of our, our newest Sycamore mentors and gave a presentation about Sycamore in a church in Liverpool. He had never spoken publicly before, and he <coughs> absolutely transformed his church. See, I believe Sycamore graduates, Sycamore Tree mentors, can change the church and community as well, too. They can challenge the church, challenge the community, and uh, and certainly give back. And all of the Sycamore mentors I've known who have gone home are continuing to volunteer their time in churches and in schools, sharing about the importance of forgiveness and saying sorry, and how their lives have been changed and how that change brings change and brings transformation. Um, I want to tell you as well about a Sycamore fundraiser. Now It's quite interesting. Our prison... Our guys uh, are, are always coming up to me. I have a great relationship with our boys in prison. We're always uh, on a first-name basis with all of our boys. And, and one of the boys said, Sean, you know, I'd like to try something new. How about this? How about we do a 10K run in the prison to raise money for Sycamore? I said, great. As long as you don't head for the gate, we're okay. can We can do that thing. That's great. And about a third of the prisoners signed up, ran this race, some of them had been on Sycamore, some had, but it doesn't matter. Sycamore is about engaging everybody in prison, in the community, victims, churches, groups. And uh, it was so good to cheer them on. It was a rainy day, and myself and Arthur Chapman, who is our local Sycamore facilitator, were cheering the boys on. And they were, you could see, in giving back, that was transforming the way they thought about themselves, as well about their victims, you see. And they were raising money. It might only be a pound or two, but if you're making six pounds a week, that's sacrificial giving. And they were giving back so that we could run more sycamore tree courses. I love it. That's one of the sort of unusual things we do it, at Thorn Cross. Oh, yeah, last month, yeah, we get away with so much in the very best possible sense of the word. My governor allowed us to do a, a clergy training event for Sycamore. We had 90 Anglican vicars in our visits hall, about 90, learning about sycamore tree restorative justice. And again, that's changing the way church is, the theme was doing and being church for the lost, the least, and the broken. Churches can help pray for Sycamore. They can help pay for Sycamore. Very important. I've just about run out of time, but I want to tell you just a couple of very brief little stories uh, about some of the uh, some of the actual people who've been through Sycamore's mentors. Uh, one young fellow who's, I'll just call him Sean, he's gone up to the north northeast of England, and he's very much involved with the church. Eighteen months ago, he graduated sycamore became a mentor and he's still going to schools he's still volunteering in church he's helping to feed the homeless he's he's helping ex-offenders he's giving back i know another young fellow called uh, i'll call him uh, mikey who finished sycamore and went to a church in cheshire with the same day he was helping to feed the homeless he was helping ex-offenders he's still doing well he's still not in prison he's still a changed man and that's because of Sycamore. Uh, a, a young man, call, I'll call him Don, uh, and, and he'd finished Sycamore. And young Don received the, the High Sheriff of Cheshire's award with an Olympian because of what he had done through Sycamore, helping in the schools, helping young people think that that's not the way I want to live my life. I want to, I want to live a positive life. You know, I could, I could just tell you so many stories of young people who their lives have been permanently changed and impacted through Sycamore. Uh, and and uh, I, I think I have gone over time, so I will stop. But if you could just remember one thing about Sycamore Tree Course, remember this: that it is about changing the lives, the hearts, the minds of victims, offenders, and entire communities. And we need to see Sycamore in every prison in the UK. Thank you very much. God bless you.
3: Yeah. Um, thank you so much, Sean and Ian. Uh, uh, you sense their passion and their commitment, and it's just fantastic. Um, actually, there's nothing like hearing from the two sides in the flesh. And just, um, I'd love very briefly to introduce you to a gentleman that I met about six years ago. Will, come on up. Um,
6: fantastic.
3: I simply will. Yes. And um, Will uh, did the course. He was very, very sceptical. Uh, will uh, was not interested in anything that came from the church, and uh, so he was not sure about that at all. Uh, <coughs> but Amy, you came on it. Will, D- just sum up for us. What, what for you was the? You know, what, what, what hit you about secondary? What was your experience? I think you may find that worked
7: um, I think what it was was. Like the minister said at the start, I had faceless victims, bits of paper, never confronted with a victim. Um, I get quite emotional because I relive it. Um, I met a lady named Christy. She had her house robbed, and it was her son that was in the house by two guys on drugs. Now, that could have been me robbing that kid and tying them up. And I think, to put it in a nutshell, Sycamore Tree gave me a conscience listening to her story.
6: Mm
7: -hmm. Um, It was emotional. I've robbed people. I've, I've committed some horrendous crimes. And I could go to sleep that night. Months after hearing Christine's story, I couldn't sleep, Um, and when I tell the story, it kind of the emotions of it all is still raw. But it's changed my life. It's changed my family's life, and there ain't a word to describe the thanks that you could to offer someone like this. Today, I've got a life, and that's thanks to Sigmund Trent. Um, and
3: I'd love also to introduce you to Lynn and Mick yes. Connolly. Lyn and Mick, will you come and Yes, in number of extraordinary people who will come and give their time but I think Lynn and Mick really are quite amazing. More than 70 times they have gone into a sick course and relived um, the experience, shared the experience of losing Paul and what that has meant to them and how it affected their family and their community. Um, I've had them speak two or three times. Every time it's Subtly different and uh, very emotional. Um, and as, as Sean said, one, one, one just has to sit and watch as around the room there is that dawning realisation of what, uh, what the men and the women who listen have, have themselves been responsible for. Um, but, but Lynn and Mick, it's interesting, um, reflecting on sycamore tree and restorative justice and lots of people's idea that it has to be the actual victim coming together with an actual offender. As victims of crime... What would you share as your experience of coming into the course and how that has worked for you?
8: Um, I first went in to um, Walton Prison when somebody just invited me to come and share my story. And I thought it was a one-off. You know, (laughs) I walked into the prison thinking, God, just get me through this. I didn't know what to expect. Um, I expected them all to swear, to be talking while I was talking, not to be interested at all. And as they sat and as I began to share my story, of course, I sobbed my way all the way through the story. And for me, it was the first time I was actually able to talk about some things that I hadn't been able to talk about with anybody else. And I met people like Will, you know, and, and I thought maybe I'll get angry when I go to see these people because it felt like meeting the people who killed our son. I knew they were all from the Lifer unit. But as I looked out, you know, I just saw broken people. And I was broken too. So there was a common bond, and we actually um, comforted each other, I think. And that very first experience um, changed my life. You know, (laughs) I looked out and I saw, I could see physically. I wish I could take you all in to see what we actually see in a very short time. Um, but, But these people were just, Uh, victims as well most of them and I just felt overwhelmed really with with love for them because I recognized that brokenness that I was feeling too and they just seemed they seemed lost Um, and I was able to share well how did you cope after the death of your son and so I was able to share about God's comfort and about um, forgiveness the power of forgiveness you know we were asked just the next day at a police um, conference and um, the media were there and said how do you feel about the people who've killed your son and Mick and I both just said uh, we forgive them and I was as surprised as anybody else it just came out of my mouth and that was the moment looking back that we forgave And so when we share our story, we see the emotion because a lot of them are there for similar crimes. And um, we see the heads going down. But then when I begin to talk about this is how we're getting through it, and we share about comfort and about hope, um, how God is the God of the second chance, the slim chance, the fat chance, and the no chance. And you see people's heads come up. And the hope and the healing that takes place, not just for us as victims, but for the offender as well. There's just such a powerful meeting. And so from on the way in saying, this is a one-off, God, just get me through. You know, I was a wreck, emotional wreck, a mess at the end of it. But on the way out, I remember just saying, God, please bring me back. And he did on week six. And I was just met i felt like the queen mother you know everybody just hugged me i felt like everybody's mother and they related to me as they would with their mums and i just feel as we've lost our only son in one sense but we've gained hundreds of others and we're in contact with so many of them today so sycamore has been a place i would say in the you know 11 years now since paul died I would say the prison has been the place of most comfort, isn't that strange? Yeah. Who would have thought that a prison would be a place of such comfort? So that's um, our testimony really, we could share lots of stories too, I don't want well, to take any more we're, time. We're <laughs>
3: incredibly grateful and actually what we would love to do, um, I, yeah. Fiona's going to share some questions and answers. but. Um, I know Will um, is willing in a, in to answer questions, I know Lynn and Mick as well would be willing to answer questions, and I'm delighted, too, that we've got Kevin Dawkins, who's a fantastic tutor, um, who tutors in particular at Felton, but in some of the other London prisons as well. Um, so I'll, I'll hand back to you, Fiona. Thank you, and thank you very much, for <laughs>
0: all our speakers for a a powerful and moving uh, evening uh, thus far and can I in particular thank Will and Lynn and Mick Uh, you really have uh, made a a huge difference because you know we can see the reality in you so thank you so much to to you. I'm now going to have some questions and uh, I'd be grateful if you would be good enough to say who you are um, when you ask your question. Keep your questions as short as possible. And uh, if you are directing your question to a particular <laughs> member of the panel, if you'd be good enough to, to say so. So, uh, do we have the first question from anyone in the audience? Yes, I see a hand.
1: Hi, <laughs> my name is Robin Sebe, and my wife is a mentor. It seems to me that if I'm um, the the main constraint on this um, two main constraints are the views of the the governor at the time and money what about money, why does it cost £3,500 to allow 20 people with some mentors to spend half a day for 6 days in prison what are the costs
3: Shall shall I speak to that? Um, I think this this works here. Um, Yes, I think those figures actually are are perhaps slightly out. Um, It's uh, just a a bit less than 250 per participant. Um, What I would say up front is that actually that compares incredibly favorably with, I think, any other uh, course in the prison. Um, The elements that go into that are that the course is accredited by Open College Network, which is an external educational body. Um, and so, in fact, uh, while they work on the course, through the workbooks that they complete, they have the opportunity of, if, if the work is up to the, the right standard, of um, getting an Open College network credit at level two, which for, for many is actually a very useful you know, extra thing to add to their accomplishments while in prison. Um, but obviously that, that uh, has a cost implica- implication. Um, we work with very high quality materials. We're very proud of the quality of our workbooks. We're, we're just in the process of updating our film material. Um, And then the other costs, essentially, are training our volunteers. Yes, they are volunteers, but actually, they're all trained to do the job. Um, The teachers, in particular, have quite a lengthy training. Um, And then it's a small um, back office team. We have a regional coordinating team who work through the regions, liaising with prisons and prison governors, um, but then um, also just supporting that that volunteer network. So a volunteer network of 1,800 people giving 27,000 hours, um, but actually a a very well-structured course that, that naturally has a, a small cost involved in running it, but obviously nothing like the cost if actually it were costed out uh, on uh, the number of man-hours involved. So I hope that. Can
5: I just add as well to you that the prison service is all about measurable outcomes, and I believe Sheffield Helm University and Cambridge uh, have been engaged in terms of research, and I know that's something that's not uh, an inexpensive process as well, too, so just to add, I believe.
3: Uh, uh, yes. Is
4: that all right? <laughs> yeah, I'd just like to come in on that. What I was trying to demonstrate by that was not um, that I personally believe it's an exorbitant cost. What I was trying to demonstrate was I actually personally believe that that is a ridiculously cheap cost to deliver £3,500, um, which was the last... Yeah. I know as soon as I quoted it, Terry's sat down now, so that's interesting. I think he's left. But... Um, What I was trying to demonstrate, to actually reach into 20 people's souls and change their very being, I think one for £250 now, is is a pittance. Um, In fact, um, I'm in in the community of Market Harbour at the moment, raising £3,500 just to demonstrate that each prison fellowship community can also help to pay for the interventions. round that whole restorative element off, and we're also fundraising in the jail so it's not just about um, <coughs> um, drawing down government funding, what I trying to demonstrate was um, you can see so much with so little, so if it come across wrong, I do apologise yeah.
0: Thank you very much, and there's a gentleman here who'd like to ask a question
4: um, Yeah. Hi, I'm Jason Grant, I'm here representing the Forgiveness Project um, I don't know if anyone read in the Evening Standard this, um, this evening, yeah, the guy that's on trial for the murder of uh, Lee Rigby what do you guys do for people that are non, say, Christian and they want to kind of participate in
5: Sycamore? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, faith
9: the, faith, the faith side of it is not, is not an issue. In fact, I think that the fact that the course is faith, it has a Christian base, gives it credibility. Um, but in terms of faith, it's not a faith-promoting yeah. course. Yeah. So, of course, I completed a course in Felton on Thursday and it had um, Protestant Christian, Catholic Christian... Um, Muslim and um, Nils mm-hmm. so it clear and, and I wear my clerical collar we, we, we do the course in the chapel um, but we clearly explain to the guys that it's, it's a non-faith promoting course and in the eight years I've been doing it, I'm, uh, I've, I've never had a problem in fact I had one guy who objected to doing it in the chapel he said if we did it anywhere else in the prison he would have done the course but he just didn't like the chapel and the cross on the wall but he didn't object to the course material, he just objected to the space. Um, so the, the faith side of it is not an issue. Um, it's, it, it, because it's as I say, it's not a faith promoting course. And when I'm, I also tutor in Holloway, and I don't wear my collar when I'm in Holloway. Um, and I explain at the beginning that I'm a chaplain in Felton, so that kind of a big giveaway. But as the course goes through, they actually don't realize that I'm, 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 I'm a chaplain, I'm a Christian, they don't realize that. But they greatly appreciate the course. They greatly appreciate the impact and the power of the course. And on the last course, a lady said, you know, we show DVD clips. And that lady says, well, you know, some of the people on the DVD clips are speaking about their Christianity. But I'm not a Christian. And I said to her, they had a basis for desiring to change. What is your basis? It doesn't have to be Christianity. It doesn't have to be um, Your faith. It can be your desire to change is because I need to change because I've created victims, or I need to change because I'm hurting my own family. Because these are the things that they realise are issues. So um, the 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 faith side of it is 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 not an issue in terms of delivery to non-Christian people.
0: Thank you very much, Kevin. Now we're getting quite a lot of questions out, So in order for us to get through them in the next few minutes, I'm going to take this lady here and also the lady here on the front, and then I'll come to the, the further two on the front row. So two together now, and then uh, the panel can choose which they'd like to
7: address. Okay. Judy Moody-Stewart, and I've been in to Brixton with uh, the Forgiveness Project, um, and I'm a Quaker, what that's worth. Um, my question really is about prison governors. Are there any prison governors who don't want it in their prison? And what about the private prisons?
0: Okay, um, the lady just there, keep. Uh, yeah, my, my question is, I'm, I'm an accredited restorative justice practitioner. And my question is, it's uh, on something that Sean said about by doing the program, which I think sounds wonderful that there'll be a whole host of victims that won't exist. And um, My question is about the ones who already exist and whether the uh, offenders as a result of doing the program get the opportunity to then meet with their actual
5: victims to, um, so that those victims can also get resolution.
0: Yeah, Sean, do you want to
5: take that Answer first? That, no. um, I'm so grateful you answered that because I, I didn't get a chance to finish up with uh, th- this week six. Our last course that we did Uh, we encourage all of our young and older people to write to their own victims and say sorry. Now, some of them will opt to write a poem or a song or draw a picture to represent this symbolic act towards seeking forgiveness. This last course, every one of our young people wrote to the victims. Now, I told our guys, listen, fellas, don't don't be discouraged if the victims turn around and say, look, you've done enough damage. I don't want to know. That's a possibility. But you see, there's hope in as much as every one of those guys wrote to the victims. Those letters go to the victims through the victim liaison officer. And I've done six mediations at Thorn Cross. Two of them with young people have actually killed the son of the victims. And it is not an easy option. It is visceral. Forgiveness is is one of the most difficult um, journeys for the offender and for the victim. But... Uh, you know, I think of this one young fellow, I'll just call him, I'll call him Bobby, who had punched and killed uh, the son of, the, of this dad who was here to hear Bobby's story and hear his experience with sycamore. And he had become a mentor as well. And for about three hours, this young man basically wept and wept, and, and he kept on repeating, but with heart, with passion, I'm so sorry. And after that time, the father embraced this boy and said, you know, I don't want your offense to ruin your life I can see this has changed you. So I know we're not going to get everyone, but we're going to try. And I, I mean, with the help of Sycamore, we can engage people and get them on that journey towards forgiveness. So, you know, I,
7: So the victim is given the opportunity. The
5: victim is given. So it's their choice to say, look, yeah, thank you. And some victims will write and say, thank you so much. I don't want to meet you. But I'm really glad to hear your apology. Mm. Some victims turn around and will write back and say, look, you, you've just done enough harm, I can't deal with this. But we warn our young people about this as well, because it's not easy. Forgiveness, it's essential, it's, it's crucial, but, you know, it's the right thing to do. Mm. So is that okay? Does that make sense? Uh, I, 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 I was going to say, say, I, I would because
3: say...
0: Because we, sometimes I don't think victims should necessarily feel an obligation to forgive. They, and just they want to get their questions answered and they
5: want the resolution that they need
4: is not necessarily through forgiveness, it's through understanding, yeah. and it's through getting re-empowered and Yes, yeah, Exactly. Can I just, just probably just bring that to a close? Um, <laughs> cause it be a, otherwise it would be a huge debate. But the uh, National Offender Management Service is al- already um, committed to a uh, victim offender conferencing. Yeah, and that's why I said earlier that, um, that I personally believe that Sycamore Tree um, supports the restorative journey but um, the elements you're touching on um, are already embedded within public sector prisons yeah, and, it's and, and it's a, a the national offender's uh, thing and I think we need to, be, you know, we need to understand that. So yeah. I think right, what Sean you. said that would be great. Yeah. Can you. I just try yes. and answer the first part of your question because I'm <laughs> going to speak for myself. Um, uh, and, and as I said earlier, um, I came across Sycamore through Prison Fellowship from a meeting with two people i noticed now that I've, talk, I've stopped talking about money, um, Terry's come back in the room again. It's quite uncanny. Um, but um, it transformed my life. It transformed my thinking. And from that day, I gave a personal commitment to support Prison Fellowship and Sycamore Tree in any way that I can. Um, I can't speak for um, private sector prisons. Uh, I can't speak for any of my colleagues. But what I, I, I would offer the room and, and yourself is that any of my peers that experience just one sycamore in their establishment, um, they will be a supporter Mm -hmm. because they'll see the effects. So I hope that in some way answers the question I don't think anybody can answer from you. Mm -hmm.
7: Thank you, Ian. As I say, we
3: do no, we do run in private sector prisons. Um, So it's just a question of the relationship we have with the particular (laughs) provider. Um, We're in Bronzefield, for example, um, in Bronzefield, the women's prison, and uh, so we don't. There isn't an issue with it. Um, If they would like us in to run Sigma Tree, uh, we
7: can be there. But what I mean, does every prison know that you exist?
3: Um, Well, I would like to hope so. Um, but I think that possibly not necessarily with the um, depth of knowledge to know what it is they're not taking up. That's, that's uh, something that we and could try and rectify. And to and I think we're keen about. to I mean, <laughs> our aim is to, to roll out Sigmal Tree as widely as we can. We would like to take it into every prison, mm-hmm. but, but that decision-making process does depend on uh, a governor being supportive. We tend to we work through the chaplains, so a chaplain being supportive and um, so it is relation, relationship based and uh, that's why we have our team of regional coordinators who are out there uh, building those relationships and obviously as prisons change sometimes <coughs> we're in you know, and sometimes we're out thank but you Penny in some the that happens in Reading
4: Jail where I'm actually yeah. mm, indeed
0: so thank you. So I've got two, two further questions here, and then if, if anyone has additional questions of our panel or any of our participants, I know that you'll be staying around for uh, the much-awaited canapes. Uh, so two questions further on the front to, to close
6: with. Good evening. So I'm a prosecuting solicitor. So I've seen a lot of people go to prison. I'm a career prosecutor. I'm also a Christian and here as a, a trustee. Um, but I was also, 14 years ago, I was shot by somebody and uh, as I was riding a motorcycle, very serious injury, so I was off work for 12 months. But I'm still in touch with the, through the victim liaison service, and as a Christian, I've tried to deal with this question of forgiveness a number of times on a personal level. Is there any offense which, where restorative justice isn't available? Because I have tried on a personal level to approach and see whether there's any possibility of, of meeting the offender and I've been rebuffed in those approaches so far. So um, I'm not sure which one of us it would help more, having heard what I've heard tonight, but uh, I was just interested to raise that. Um, and it sounds as if I could maybe use my story in, in ways I'd never thought of before, actually. Thank
0: you. Um, the other question, uh, Yes,
1: thank you. Malcolm Fleming from Bible Society. Thank you very much for all the presentations and the openness and honesty. Um, notwithstanding the permission issue in terms of getting into the prisons. I can't believe there's anybody here who wouldn't want to support what you're doing financially. How much would it take to take Sycamore to all the prisons in the UK and get the waiting list down to acceptable levels? Well, Penny, whilst
0: you're doing your sums, uh, Sean, do you want to comment on the first question
5: there? Um. Well, I would say you'd be welcome to come to Thorn Cross any time. <laughs> um, and again, you know, this is, uh, once again, it's about relationship, isn't it? It's about empowering victims. Um, and one of the mediations that we did, the mum was so hurt. You see, forgiveness, I've got to stress, this is not an easy option. It's visceral. It hurts. It's, it's for both the victim and the offender, but it brings such healing. And this one lady, after hearing our young man who'd been through Sycamore, become a Sycamore mentor, as so many do. And he just poured out his heart. It was a Gethsemane moment. I mean, he was just, he turned himself inside out, saying sorry, and answering all of the questions. You know, the really hard questions that victims want to hear. And at the end, the mom said, You know, I'm finding it so hard to say, I forgive you, but I know my son would want me to forgive you, and so I forgive See, I think the more we bring victims and offenders together through sycamore tree, you know that there's, there will be a greater level of healing at a much deeper level as well too. So I, I, please, you're most welcome to come to Thorn Cross, any week three, week six, <laughs> any Sunday of your choice.
3: Penny, um, well, since you'd be very welcome in Wandsworth as well, if that's welcome <laughs> to you,
9: and Felton <laughs> as well,
3: <laughs> and. and Away too. Um, you did just, uh, just pick up what you said. You did ask if there was any type of crime that this wouldn't work with. Um, the, the area that we haven't uh, embarked on um, but would love to explore um, are sex offenders. Um, it's a complicated area. Um, there are uh, inroads uh, now with RJ uh, in that area. There are people who have had RJ conferences. Um, I personally think it is possible, but it's probably not necessarily for everyone um, and it's something we would, in due course, we we may well look at. The other question, amazingly, someone prepared me a figure. I don't actually know how they quite worked this out. But anyway, I I think basically we reckon about a million pounds would allow us to roll out Sycamore Tree across the country. That's developing uh, um, more volunteers, a support network to enable them. Um, It would take a a bit of time to, to gear up. Um, but we're up, up for the challenge, if you'd like to make it possible for us. <laughs> well,
0: thank you very much, Penny, and it's a pity that the Minister has gone, uh, see <laughs> so he has the checkbook, but uh, those it. members of Parliament who are here, and I know there are a number in the room, perhaps uh, we'll uh, put in a word. Uh, can I say thank you to everyone for coming this evening? And uh, I know that you can't see from where you are sat, but I could see from there that the rapt attention which the audience gave to every presentation uh, really was noticeable. And uh, so I would like to thank everyone on the panel. Thank you, Sean, Penny, Kevin, Ian. Also, once again, thank you to Will and to our two wonderful uh, Parents who came here, and I am delighted uh, to hear of how many sons and uh, daughters, perhaps, that you have acquired through this wonderful experience, Lynn and Mick. Please keep up the wonderful work, and uh, we'll keep doing what you're doing too because you are a real example to us. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, Many of us, I know, will have heard of um, this phrase restorative justice and will have really wondered what it actually meant. Well, you've put flesh on the bones tonight. You've really, um, I think, educated so many of us. We have a far greater understanding and I hope that many of you here tonight will, in fact, spread the word uh, about the wonderful work of Sycamore Tree, of the tremendous impact that uh, this um, aspect of restorative justice can have and that uh, you will also take the opportunity to accept the invitations that you've received from these various uh, institutions around the country and indeed perhaps more locally where I know from my own experience you would be welcomed with open arms. Mm-hmm. So let's give one final round of applause. <laughs> to